This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to hack. And if you want to hear more about us, go to yourusiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey Multifamily Investment Meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right, check out the show. Well, hello again, and welcome to the Real Estate Foundation podcast. Hey, thanks for checking back in with us. Happy to have you. And of course, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and give us a ratings and review. It doesn't have to be five stars. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear what you like, what's working, what we can do better, and what else you want to see from us. But today, we have no issues there because you have a super podcast coming for you. It's Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandalariato. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Cool. Well, Anthony, I should, probably should have said your name a couple more times before we get in there because I, I kind of I gave my own version of it there, but we'll let you jump into it there. But Brian and Anthony are the co-founders and managing principals of Red Knight Properties. Red Knight Properties is a boutique, multifamily, and mixed-use real estate investment company with a track record of building portfolios that deliver dependable cash flow and equity upside. By pulling together our capital together, along with a select group of other investors via syndications and joint ventures, we can offer nimble capital for value-add real estate equity investments. And so Red Knight Properties currently has 65 apartments and retail units under management and ownership in northern New Jersey and is under contract for an additional 74, totaling 139 units acquired in less than a year. And they also own and manage in Orange County, New York. So guys... Thanks for coming on the show. Super excited, but g- give me a little background here. Uh, how did you guys meet and, and what was your experience, uh, business experience or work experience prior to forming this uh, Red Knight Properties? Um, I'll start off, Ant. Um, yeah, so actually, uh, I'm from upstate New York and I went to college at Rutgers. I got a football scholarship there. And then um, I played redshirt my first year and played four years there with Coach Greg Schiano. And uh, I played well enough where I was able to get drafted in the second round of the St. Louis Rams and uh, end up playing in the NFL for, for eight years. And uh, I've always been tremendously interested in real estate. And uh, my financial advisor has always talked to me about it. And he even drew a picture back when I was a, a rookie. Uh, it was a retail store on the bottom and a bunch of units on top. And he said, this is what you want to own to get uh, financially free. And, 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 you know, especially after football, um, it's, it's a great investment. And you, uh, if you buy right, you really can't go wrong with real estate. And then uh, I ended up retiring in 2014 and uh, took a year off. It was a, it was a tough transition. Um, you know, my identity as a football player, my entire career. And uh, all of a sudden I'm in the real world now and uh, really don't know who I am and what I want to do. Sure. So uh, I went back to what my financial advisor talked to me about and what I've been interested about is uh, in real estate. And uh you know, decided to read a bunch of books. I read uh, for six months. I sat there and read a, a ton of books and just to educate myself to when I when I did have have that opportunity to meet someone like Anthony or another, or another person uh, to be able to 
to talk about real estate with them and, and understand it and how properties are valued. Um, so I could bring value uh, to a partnership like that um, along, along with the, the capital I made uh, playing football. So it was, it was funny. Uh, one of my old teammates at Rutgers, Dave Maluski, uh, he, uh, he works at uh, Vision Properties and I went in there and uh, was meeting with, with him. And then I saw Anthony and I met, was talking with Anthony on the side and Anthony was doing some, uh, some multifamily properties. And you know, I was like, maybe in the future, we can uh, get on a couple of deals together. And, uh, you know, we kicked it off from there. We started a company called uh, Red Knight Real Estate Partners, LLC. Yeah. But actually, uh, if you want to look us up on the web, it's uh, Red Knight Properties with a K. Uh, and um, we are now less than a year have 139 units. So we've been building quickly, much faster than I expected. Um, but it's going, going great. Uh, Anthony has uh, tremendous knowledge and experience and um, some capital behind them. And then I came in with a little bit of knowledge through the books I read and through, you know, my financial advisor. And then I had uh, some capital behind me. So it was a good partnership to help us grow like we're growing now. Sure. And so was there a book that stood out to you that really got you out? Because a lot of people spend in that paralysis analysis stage where they, they want to do real estate, they just never do it, right? And so they'll sit on the sidelines forever. Was there something that when you read it, it just said, okay, now I'm ready to take action? Um, I would say it was uh, Multifamily Millions um, by uh, David Lindahl, I think yeah. the author. And uh, I, th- I just think he, it's a good read. Uh, he, he's a funny guy and uh, he explains it really well for uh, start, you know, people that don't know, you know, how to value a property or uh, a lot about real estate. He's a, he's a great at explaining it and uh, he does it in a fun way too. And uh, I think that's one of the best books I've read. Awesome. And, and Anthony, so you're working at Vision Properties, you, you meet Brian, what were you doing and what was your draw to, to go from the side of working? And I believe Vision, Vision does property management, but really get on to the ownership side. Sure, sure. So I can stack up a little bit and uh, go from there. But that was a great uh, starting point. And uh, uh, last name is Scandariato. So <laughs> everybody, oh, there. it takes a few tries. So you're, you're not alone on that one. Um, but I've been in commercial real estate uh, for a little over five years. Um, I graduated in 2014 from Cornell. Um, when I graduated, I had a startup retail company that was more selling uh products um, to college bookstores and um, it was a completely different segment but it was very entrepreneurial so um, I had an opportunity to exit the business at the right time um, you know we were, we were growing pretty fast there I had a couple partners who were you know, still run it day to day and I, I thought it was a good time for me to move on to um, other endeavors um, and I you know very similar to Brian um, you know, started reading a few real estate books, uh, particularly as it relates to multifamily. There was uh, the one I read was called Financial Independence in Real Estate. Um, can't put my finger on the author, but that was a really good one. It was actually written in like the 60s or 70s, and I don't think it's been written, you know, since, but the same principles, uh, you know, have applied to what we've been seeing today. Um, and, um, you know, since then, I, I found an opportunity to work in commercial real estate at, at Vision Properties um, as an analyst, um, you know, underwriting, um, you know, office buildings, uh, particularly in New Jersey. And then we started expanding to the Southeast um, in markets like Tampa and Charlotte, uh, Louisville, um, you know, et cetera. So 
you know, through my experience um, at Vision with, you know, acquisitions, um, you know, we were able to close on over, let's say, $600 million since I started at Vision for both new deals and recapitalizations, um, and then, you know, acquired, you know, managed a portfolio of about 7 million square feet. Um, so I uh, had a great experience there. And, uh, you know, as Brian mentioned, I, I met him through a colleague of mine um, at the time I was buying. I started out in real estate um, on my own, buying like a two-family house um, in the town that I grew up in. And um, I had some minor success there. Uh, and it was like a 20% cash on cash in like the first year. And I was like, wow, I, if I can apply these principles to larger deals and make a company out of it, um, it I definitely have something here to uh, springboard off of. So that's when I met Brian and we started looking at opportunities together for um, maybe six to eight months or so. And then the one, um, the first deal that we bought, and I can get into that if we have time, um, was like a 10 unit mixed use property um, in Northern New Jersey. So uh, we took a while for us to find that first deal, but we weren't just going to buy anything. And, you know, just through my experience of vision, I've seen, um, I've seen one cycle at least. Um, so I kind of got the understanding of when you should be buying and when you shouldn't be buying and, you know, how to value properties correctly. So, so uh, a little bit. The, the team dynamic has been very successful with, with both of you, right? And, and there's many times where the partnership fails because the, the team dynamic doesn't work. And what was the, the start of the relationship? How did you set up the partnership so you both were able to, to just have the success track that you've had so quickly in the last year? Yeah, so at least with the opportunities that we – closed on it was it's just been in joint ventures between the two of us and we've been self-managing the property so we both live for the record in northern new jersey so um, all our properties are within a 30-minute drive so we're not relying on a third-party management team to to handle and we don't really have the infrastructure right now to bring bring on a third-party manager um so it's it's just been us two and you know there's initial trust that has to be built up and built up in the beginning uh, but we have a very good uh, attorney who, you know, provided protection for, for both of us uh, on our, you know, joint venture deals together. Um, and well, maybe I'll jump in. The, the thing that I'm asking is how had you guys devised the roles so you're both working symbiotically to, to where you're going instead of sometimes, it, you know, from the start where, where partnerships fail is that, you know, there's some miscommunication or they don't talk about it. There's no really preface of how this relationship is going to be formed. How did you guys do this to, to have the traction that, that you've had in the last year? How, how have the roles been formed, the responsibilities, et cetera? Um, I'll jump in there. Um, Anthony is really good with the numbers, um, sourcing deals, bu building relationships. Um, he goes to all these networking events all the time. Uh, and he's great at that and, and doing a financial model um, and doing a, a, the underwriting for a property. And, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm getting better at that. But um, my, I think my best value besides the capital I bring onto the team is uh, I'm more of the field guy. Um, I, I manage the properties. Um, I'll go out there and if I need to do a couple, a couple things, you know, on the properties, uh, some repairs and maintenance, usually we have people for that, but if I have to do it, um, I can do that type of stuff. Um, you know, setting up contractors, dealing with the contractors, cause these are all value add properties too, that, um, we're putting, you know, some capital improvements into, um, to, to add value to raise the rents to market. So, um, I'm dealing with all that kind of stuff. And, and Anthony's, uh, dealing with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, so the port, the really important stuff. 
um, about the underwriting and the, the due diligence and uh, to really find uh, good deals. Amazing. And, and so this, this 10 unit that was the, the mixed use property, right? Um, how'd you guys find it? What really stood out to you that, you know, after looking for six to eight months, you said, this is it, we're going after it. Yeah, I can take that, Brian. Okay. Um, so it was kind of funny because when we met, we were kind of talking about different asset classes and what I've seen through, you know, working at um, uh, Vision. Um, you know, I've seen office buildings in, in different cycles. Um, I've seen hotels. I've seen, you know, I've seen retail. And retail is kind of the last thing I wanted to be in. Um, but the opportunity came about where, you know, it was a split between 50-50 on the revenue for the retail and the apartments. And um, I grew up in the area that where we bought the building. It's in Chester, New Jersey. Um, I grew up 15 minutes from the building and I used to go there as a kid all the time. And I knew who the tenants were. I knew they'd been there very long time, at least on the retail side. Um, there was also a vacant retail, which we ended up leasing within two weeks after we bought it. But um, I felt comfortable with the retail tenants that were there um, and, you know, the apartment rents were extremely low uh, for the area. And we're talking like $500, way too low for the area and, you know, a market with no rent control. Um, you know, and, and obviously we put some money into the building as well to improve the units and take care of some deferred maintenance. But uh, it, it was brought to us by just a, a broker that we connected with, um, that actually Brian connected with, um, you know, a, a few months ago that haven't, he's been sending us deals we didn't really find the right fit at the time, but as soon as we saw this deal, we, we, we saw it, I think the first day, uh, we put an offer in, we were in like a little bit of a bidding war. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, the, the financial strength of us, uh, that we, uh, portrayed to the broker and the seller, um, uh, made it, made them comfortable to choose our offer over everybody else. And so now closing the deal, Brian, you, you're doing a lot of the, the, in the field part, what, what were the, the, the repositioning phase? What was the plan for the property? You had some things where you could raise rent, the one you could lease over. What have you been doing since with the property? Yeah, well, we bought a, a, a NOI of 95000 and uh, we raised the NOI to 157000 So, I mean, that's we almost doubled the value of the property uh, within six months. We're stabilized at six months, uh, but we need a year seizing period to refinance with the bank. So, we're in the process of doing that right now. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's real now because we see actually what, how these banks are valuing this property right, right exactly where we thought it would be, um, doubling the, the value. And, um, but um, there's there some capital improvements that were needed. Uh, it wasn't a lot because there was a fire in the building um, like 10 years prior before we bought it. So at least out of the six units on top, there are probably, I think there was four that were in pretty good conditions that were redone after the fire. Um, but there was a, a couple units that we did some work to. One of the units, we replaced the kitchen, uh, countertops, cabinets. Um, we painted the entire unit. And um, we did uh, all the uh, common area spaces. So the hallways, we put a chair rail down the hallways with a, a nice coat of paint um, and just spiced up the, the outside a little bit. Um, you know, got a landscaper in there and cut down some of the shrubs and, and took out some of the weeds. And then uh, we're painting the outside as we speak right now for our refinance. So, um, but I think we only put around, it's gonna be around $21,000 of capital improvements into the property, which is extremely low compared to, I mean, what. Properties, some properties um, need, um, and especially where we took the the NOI from into where it is now, you think you'd have more capital improvements. But really, the the rents were just so low, and there was a, a major loss to lease um, with that building. So um, we were able to get the you know the, the NOI up pretty quickly, within a, stabilize the property within a six months period. 
So you guys were able to crush it with the management efficiencies here, really, right? So I guess the, the partners before it had been there for a while, and, and that's what it is. You found a super deal, you know, and you can get into it very little capex. So yeah, great job, guys. And now, Anthony, a, a lot of people stay away from the Northeast, right? We're all, we're all looking at it out of state. We're all looking elsewhere. And you guys are, are making a great run here, finding great valued properties. How are you making it work in New Jersey? What's your criteria, and what, what is the dynamics that, that others – aren't looking at or staying away from that you're able to make work. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you bring up. Um, so, you know, the way that we're finding opportunities in Northern New Jersey, particularly is just having your, your ear to the ground and having boots on the ground, networking with, you know, different brokers, um, being creative on how you find leads. Um, a deal we have, uh, we, we, that we, we have is a deal that came from, just hitting up different multifamily brokers on LoopNet on even like two family deals. I, I think this broker had a two family property for sale. I, I sent him an inquiry on LoopNet and, said, and he told me about his property because he called me on it. I said, I'm not too interested in a two family, but do you have anything a little larger? He's like, Oh, by the way, I have a 12 unit and then there's an eight unit in the same town. They're like five minutes from each other, hmm. you know, and, and that, that's one that, that came about, you know, off market. Um, the, the syndicated deal that we have right now, um, you know, that's that's another off-market deal. It wasn't really brought to the market. So everything's been, for the most part, off-market. But on occasions, um, you know, we bought marketed deals as well. Um, sometimes, at least in the size that we're playing, w- that we played in, it, right now we've been playing in like the $1 to $5 million range. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, going from like 2 to 10 moving forward, most likely. Um, but... Some of these deals are, you know, listed with residential brokers on Zillow. They're not on the internet, really. Nobody can find them. And, you know, the broker who sold us our Chester building, uh, the first deal that we bought has kind of been scouring different deals that way. So it's just, you got to be creative on how you uh, approach sourcing opportunities in New Jersey. And I think what we're looking at in New Jersey is areas where, you know, um, obviously transit is key. Um, you know, there, there still is growth in New Jersey. You just have to, you know, uh, be aware of the political climate where your properties sit as well, because there's a lot of rent control stipulations as you get closer to the city. But we've been kind of focusing on, um, you know, for your listeners, Morris and Sussex County, which is like 20, 25 miles outside of Midtown Manhattan. Uh, so you still have a lot of, you know, commuters that go to the city, um, you know, from these areas and, and, you know, rents are relatively affordable um, to, you know, the rest of uh, northern New Jersey. If you touch Hudson County, you, you know, you're paying four caps uh, stabilized. So mm-hmm. uh, tough to really do well there unless you've already been in those markets, you know, know the lawmakers who write the rent control laws. Um, so we, we kind of try to stay away from that and kind of stick to what we know right now. And there's a lot out there. There's a lot of inventory. As long as you do your research, I mean, CoStar is a good database, um, you know, if, if you, you know, have access to it. Um, there's other free databases as well um, to see how many, you know, units are in a certain submarket where you want to chase. Um, so, you know, we found enough deal flow to, to, to be comfortable to uh, take this to the next level. I want to touch on that too. Sorry, my, my computer froze there for a sec. Um, but I feel like a lot of people in New Jersey that are just starting out in real estate, they have a, a tough time finding good deals because they haven't built those relationships with brokers. Um, I think it's so important to build uh, relationships and be consistent. Do what you say you're going to do. Close when you say you're going to close. Um, just 
be a good buyer. And those deals will keep coming back to you. I mean, you, you build a relationship with a broker, they're going to send that deal, the best deals to their best five buyers. And if they don't want that deal, they're going to send it to their, their company, whatever broker's firm they work for. And then if no one likes it in the broker's firm, they're going to put it on LoopNet. And LoopNet usually are garbage deals. I mean, once in a while you can find a good deal on LoopNet. But um, I think to really find and source deals, is, it's just building those relationships, um, which we have with, uh, with many brokers around the area. Now we're, mm -hmm. now we're actually having brokers come to us and showing us deals only. Like we're the only ones that see it. And if we want it, we put an offer on it. If we don't, then they take it to the next uh, buyer in their, in their group. So it's, uh, it's all about yeah. building those relationships. Well, yeah, you said it's key, right? It's forming relationships, but it's doing what you say you're going to do. If you say, hey, I'm going to give you an offer. I'm going to have the offer to you Friday. Well, you, bring, you present an offer. You say, hey, I'm going to look at this property and get back to you. You get back to them with feedback. And that's where a lot of people fail, right? You reach out to that broker and they send you over a property and you don't like it, but you never respond. And when you talk to brokers, that's almost 75 or 80% of people, they don't respond. And so the next time it comes, it's going to be the 10 people that did respond and say, you know, I appreciate you sending this, but it's not right because of X, Y, Z. So next time it gives me a better positioning. When you're now sizing up to two to $10 million, just for, for, um, I, just for overview for, for the listeners here, what, what kind of sizing of properties that, does that get you into here? Because now you're, you're buying larger properties. So, so I do it for two to 10 million you know, for unit counts, which, which your criteria? Yeah, I, I could take that. So, um, you know, we're not really looking at anything that's, uh, you know, less than 20 units now. Um, you know, we're still targeting New Jersey right now because there's still a lot of opportunity here. Um, I'd say our sweet spot going forward is going to be more in like the 40 to 60 unit range. Um, you know, the, the largest deal that we're closing on, like I said, is the 51 units. So as soon as we close on that and we get all the systems um, in place, um, Brian's been very good with that, setting up uh, different programs like Buildium, um, especially, and for your listeners, if you're trying to syndicate deals, it's really important to make sure that your investors are, um, up to date with everything going on. So uh, Brian's been setting up an investor portal, which is going to track capital contributions, distributions to date, when's the next distribution, what's your return to date, you know, and all those metrics that are important. Um, so, you know, moving forward, if we're staying in New Jersey, again, the per units could be high in New Jersey, but we've been, the deal we have under contract is like 100 a door um, for one, two, three, which is kind of unheard of. Um, but there's, there's still, there's still a lot of it out there, believe it or not. Um, as long as you're not going to Hoboken, Jersey city. So, um, you're looking at more like 400 a door. So, um, it really depends on where you're looking and, and what you're, you're focused on. We had a $12 million opportunity that was a hundred units. So that was pretty similar to, um, uh, the one we're under contract for. Uh, but our, our goal is to close out this syndication and then be able to look for those opportunities moving forward, those larger units. How is the age, Brian, of the properties? Because uh, a lot of properties traditionally in the Northeast are older properties. How how is the age dynamic come up when you're when you're going in there and doing your due diligence? Did I lose you there, Brian? Sorry, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Nah, no worries. So traditionally, properties in New Jersey, Northeast, they're they're older properties, right? Just based on when properties were settled. How is that affecting, or or what are the advantages and disadvantages when you're doing your due diligence when you're buying these properties? Is there certain age ranges of properties that you're trying to stay within, and certain reasons for that? You know, we would like newer properties, but some of these. Um, 
great value add properties are older properties. So, you know, during the underwriting process, we know there's going to be more maintenance on those properties because they're older and they're a little bit run down. We might have to change a couple more things with the plumbing and electricity. Um, so we do, you know, add a little bit of expenses um, with the repairs and maintenance with those type of properties. Um, we don't really shy away from those properties though. I mean, our best performing property right now um, is the Chester property and that's a historical building. That's over a hundred years old. Um, we did have to do some repointing in the basement with the stone because it's a stone structure in the bottom the foundation. Um, but, you know, we do our due diligence. We go in there, we get an inspector in there and make sure uh, that it's structurally sound. If now the inspector comes back and it's an older building and it's not structurally, structurally sound, um, if we don't get a credit for it to get it fixed or um, retrade the deal, then we're not going to buy that deal. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's things you can do with older buildings. And, uh, you know, what we found, like I said, our best, our best um, performing property right now is a, a building that's over 100 years old. That's yeah, awesome. Built in so, yeah. Oh, really? That's great. You know, it's <laughs> good. So good to know, right? Because it's for there. There's there's still a lot of deals in New Jersey because a lot of people say different. So great for you guys, Brian. I'd be remiss not to ask you. You, you said it was a big identity play leaving football to, to find what you were doing next. But but what, what your experience between you know going to the NFL? What experiences from that have set you up for you and Anthony? This the success you're having today. Um, I always tell everybody, I think football is one of the best sports that transitions you into regular life. Um, it's not easy, especially when you play football as long as I did. I played football over 22 years, started at eight years old, all the way to 30 years old. So um, it's not an easy transition, but, you know, with, with, with football, you got to have teamwork. Um, it's, it's great in competition. You got to have mental toughness. Uh, you got to have time management, especially in college when you're actually doing, uh, getting your education, playing football, and you need some, some type of social life. Um, you know, working together, it's, it's just sets you up so well uh, to be a good businessman, to be a leader. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't an easy transition, but now that I'm in business, I'm taking some of those things I learned in the NFL and college football um, and taking them over to the business world. Um, and it's, it's been working for us. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, we're going to jump over to our quick section, the snap questions section. So I'm going to jump back and forth between you guys. Uh, just going to be a quick answer, and we'll move from there. Uh, Anthony, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, best piece of advice, as it pertains to real estate, I would say don't be afraid to fail. Love it. Love it. And Brian, what's a talent that you wish you possess? Um, in real estate, it'd be some of the things that Anthony's great at. <laughs> so, um, some of the Excel stuff he does, uh, the underwriting, um, you know, all the due diligence. I mean, it's wonderful to have in real estate and thankful to have a partner. And uh, that's a good thing for two that people that um, may not be great at some aspects of the real estate game, find a partner that you trust and you like that can add value in some way. Um, just like I added value to Anthony and Anthony added tremendous value to me and we're all on the same page. And we had the same vision, uh, you know, to, to grow this company. And we, had, you know, we all had the same criteria with multifamily properties, value add. And uh, it's just been, it's been a great partnership that way. Yeah, it's great. And Anthony, what's your real estate superpower? <laughs> real estate superpower? Um, I would say, hmm. I would say, I'd say financing. Awesome. Awesome. And Brian, that's for sure. Yeah. Good. Brian, what's a, what's a lesson learned so far uh, doing real estate that's, that's it basically helped you move forward in your career? I would say uh, 
treat it as a business. Um, you know, I'm more, I'm a relationship guy. So, you know, when you go into these properties, it's undervalued, your rents are below market and you got to go in there and raise the rents, you know, for these tenants. And I mean, that was, that was tough for me to do. Um, but a restaurant and someone came in at your restaurant and they didn't pay you. I mean, taking money away from your business. So, um, same way if a tenant doesn't pay you your rent, they're taking money away from your business, away from your livelihood, away from your family. So just like the NFL, when I got in the NFL, the sooner NFL players realize that it's a business and they, and they look at it as a business, they're going to play longer in that league. Hmm. Um, same thing in the, in, in real estate, as long as you, you know, it's a business and you don't, because, because tenants will take advantage of you. Um, if you don't have, uh, criteria structures, uh, systems in place, um, late fees and stuff like that. So, um, it's just look at it as a business. Absolutely. And Anthony, what's the greatest tip for success you can leave with the listeners? Um, greatest tip for success, I would say, like you said in the beginning, Jason, get out of paralysis, analysis paralysis, um, when you feel you know, comfortable enough in order to take the initiative on your first real estate opportunity in, in any capacity, whether it's wholesaling or you know, starting out with a two-family like I did or um, you know, even starting out as an agent, just, just take the leap of faith and, and, um, be confident in yourself. Yeah. I love it. And uh, yeah, I was listening to something, uh, someone talking today was really, it was funny. He was like, you know, just imagine Beyonce was, it was working at Taco Bell and all of a sudden she had this chance, this chance to go out and sing, but she was like, no, nah, I just want to stay here and just learn a little bit more about singing while I'm still working at Taco Bell and not go out there and take that chance. Well, where, where would she be? You know, and, and it's the same thing goes with so many different points in life. We, we feel safe with where we're at and just the point of analysis that we have to know more. But really, you learn so much from getting out there and doing it. And you guys are definitely true tale of that. So I appreciate you both coming on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners. Again, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes, give us a rating and review. We want to hear more from you and what it is. And if you have questions, feedback, email us at info at com. Thank you again to Brian and Anthony. This has been an awesome show. We don't get to touch on a lot of multifamily here in New Jersey. So it's great to hear their feedback. Have a great day. Mm.